There once was a small American town, and although it sat in the forgotten corner of a giant city, it was much like any other small community around America. Everyone knew everyone else's name and everyone's business. Instead of a stream or a brook, we had the fire hydrant. We didn't have farmer's markets, but we did have a well-stocked bodega. And rather than sitting on the front porch to watch the little world fall by, we sat on our stoops. You know, it seems like an ancient time, like it was some lost city. It was like I had watched it all from the stoops of Atlantis. I think I was about nine, and as I liked to do, I was leaning out the narrow bathroom window looking out, you know, to the yards at 118th Street, and I had to stand on the edge of the toilet seat to reach. My friend Joe, as you know, lived next door, was sitting in a patch of sandy dirt centered within a circular track dug into the surface. Racing along this track were match cars. Now, not only match box cars, but wooden matchsticks that he was using as the vehicles in his own little Indy 500. He didn't know I was watching, but it was fascinating as he moved the racers one at a time, adding sound effects with his voice, and then on occasion, winning a car or, or a match, spin out, crash, and then burst into flame as he struck it on the short wall that surrounded the dirt. Yeah, I guess those were those cool, you know, the old school matches with the little white igniter dots on them. I was really enjoying his imagination as he played with matches. And it's the old warning of parents to kids, don't play with matches. Charlie says that if ever you see a box of matches lying around, tell Mummy because they can hurt you. Well, from way back in my kidhood, I enjoyed playing with them. I had been on my first camping trip at a young age. My dad had been a scout. Joe was a scout. They knew how to make a fire, nurture it, and most importantly, put it out thoroughly. So rather than tell me not to play with matches, my parents wisely insisted I was careful when I did. And for the most part, uh, well, most of the time, anyway, I was. Yet, as life will play out, we are often judged by that one dumb mistake we make. Out of the hundreds of little campfires I made in my yard, only one got out of my control. I can be any kid on the block! Oh, yeah! Yeah! They're slugging it out. A left to the jaw, and... Oh, my block is knocked off. But you can press it right back on. It's Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Press this lever. He throws a right. The other a left. Knock his block off. You're the winner. Well, next time. You can Rock'em Sock'em with the Rock'em Sock'em Robots by Marks. I found one of those Rock'em Sock'em Robot games on the street one day. A found toy can be almost as good as a bought one or a gifted one. It's like the universe decides to give you a little belated birthday present. I once had a big wheel for an entire summer that I found on the corner near Pleasant Avenue. Anyway, this Rock'em Sock'em game was only in partially good working order, and I got bored with it quickly, and it ended up living in the junk-filled space behind the far wall of my yard that ran parallel with Holy Rosary Church, its wide brick wall towering to the sky. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. They say serial killers love to make fires. 
But since they also tend to be bedwetters and animal abusers, I knew I was safe from the life of Dahmer or Bundy. I never regularly peed the bed, and you don't want to hurt an animal when I'm around. But for fire, well, I was a mad scientist. I love seeing the chemical reactions, the colors, the smoke, the effects of setting on fire various materials. One of the best things to burn, I discovered, were the rubbery plastic sections of tracks from a racing set I had. Put on Cywar up, sing it loud, and the Romeo Fox Trot, shall we dance? I would set up my plastic soldiers in the wide area of weedy dirt at the back of my yard. There were the jeeps, tanks, the radio men, snipers, and those hand-to-hand guys with the rifles held over their heads. All those soldiers are stamped iconically into my memory banks. So back to that rubber track. I would light one end with a match until the rubber began to bubble and pour wisps of acrid, almost oily smoke. Then the flaming balls of molten plastic would start dripping. That's when I became a napalm-firing airplane and dive-bombed and strafed the army a few thousand feet below. Burning holes punctured the plastic armor of jeeps and tanks. Heads burst into flames. Yeah, I was one little sick puppy. As I swerved back and forth on attack runs, I suddenly noticed the blue head of a robot peering over the wall. Its red pugilistic partner was beside him, glancing my way, taunting with that cocky robot arrogance. Oh yeah? How about a little fire scarecrow? (laughs) I detoured from the encampment and flew over the wall and let a torrent of tiny flaming balls pummel the robots. I could still hear that sound. Now, while I was allowed to make a fire, the deal was it had to be when either my mom or dad were home. Well, it was summer in the afternoon. My dad was at work. My mom was shopping. I assume my older sister was home upstairs listening to a classic piece of prog rock on her headphones. Well, what harm could a little burning strip of plastic do? The plastic boxing ring was smoking with little burning holes as my dripping attack of tiny but molten plastic seared the air and struck its target. Plastic is made of mostly petroleum. Yeah, that same explosive stuff that pushes your cars at 100 miles per hour. Then there was a sudden flare of flame, and that petroleum-loaded plastic base erupted, licking at the legs of the robots, trapped like Giordano Bruno or Joan of Arc. The robots began to melt at the knees, and ghosts of fire surrounded them both. I watched in awe. It was like a scene out of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, and the poor monster falls burning like a giant marshmallow to his death. Then a piece of scrap wood lying near caught. And then the wooden board that the boxing set was on. And then more wood. And then dead tree branches. Uh Uh-oh. I raced to the garden hose. It was too short, and even at full blast, the water barely reached over the wall to the configuration growing like weeds on a high-speed film. Uh Uh-oh again. Living in East Hall in those days had some benefits, and conscientious neighbors was one of them. Michael, what in the glorious name of St. Florian have you done? It was Joe's mom, Frances, peering over the wall, the glow of flames dancing on her utter look of disgust. Uh, just putting the fire out, was my sheepish and completely lame old reply. Oh, for the love of all that is holy, she moaned and rushed off. I angled the hose best I could so the force of the water beam would ricochet off the church wall and down onto the fire. Holy smoke, I was about to burn down the entire church. Hellfire was in my future if I didn't get out of this. More wood was joining the fiery fun, 
and panic for the first time was sparking in my gut. Was that the sound of approaching fire engines? I was a dead man. No, no fire engines, not yet. I had to channel the firefighting abilities of Randolph Mantooth and Kevin Ty, but the damn hose was like a yard too short. Then, like from heaven itself, a wall of water flew over the wall as Francis tossed a soup pot full. Bam! Good shot! And I heard the robots sizzling and white smoke rising along the huge facade of the church. Was a pope just chosen? If so, I hoped he had a miracle for me. No, no pope. But the fire was dimmed a bit. She rushed off again. My hose attack was not doing much. I just couldn't get enough water onto the fire itself. Then a second pot full flew. Splash. Sizzle. <laughs> Another pope elected. But no miracles. I needed a new attack. I grabbed an old plastic bucket and filled it from the hose. Then I rushed to the wall and poured it onto the burning plastic boxing ring, which was now no more than a red, blue, and yellow blob of gooey hot plastic ooze. The smell was intense as black and white smoke in swarms of poisonous snakes flew skyward only to dissolve into the cloudy sky. Mike, what the hell are you doing, you little son of a bitch? Uh-oh. My mom was home. A third pot of water was tossed by Francis. The fire was, well, basically out. My mom had thankfully missed a real blaze. It took a few more buckets, but the blaze was tamed and finally killed. I babbled something only a busted kid would babble to his mother when caught red-handed. I heard her thank Francis, and then I ran inside. My mom's mouth erupted into a fire of her own, burning my nine-year-old butt. Until this day, my mom still playfully busts my chops about that day I almost burned down Holy Rosary Church. So kids, if you're going to play with matches, please make sure your hose is long enough. Yeah, I admit it was dumb, I guess, but those are the insane things we did back then, when you could actually strike a match off the stone surfaces of the stoops of Atlantis. This has been the Stoops of Atlantis with Mikey D. Stay tuned for future tales and bizarreness from that ancient land called East Harlem. Check me out on Facebook.